This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Look around the space that you're in right now. I bet a lot of what you're seeing is made of plastic. So how many hours do you think that you could go without using or even touching any plastic? One man attempted this for 24 hours, and he wrote about his experience for The New York Times. A.J. Jacobs is a journalist, author, and lecturer, and he joins us now. Welcome to Reset. Thank you, Sasha. Delighted to be here. So I'm curious, A.J., what is it that made you decide, I want to try to go a day without plastic? Well, it actually started when my editor was talking to me about the deluge of plastic in our lives and uh, and what are the benefits and what are the dangers, especially the dangers for the environment. And he said, why don't you try going a day without using plastic products or even touching plastic products just to show how ubiquitous they are? And I said, that sounds hard, but I'm in. Let's give it a shot. And I, I kind of didn't realize how hard it was and not just hard impossible it was really eye-opening i admire your effort because you decided (laughs) you you decided to count your violations throughout the day especially the first one which really came early in the day right oh yeah the first (laughs) one came within 10 seconds of me waking up Uh, I put my feet on the floor, and our rug is made of nylon. And then I reached for the doorknob to the bathroom, and that doorknob is coated in plastic. And if I did my normal uh, routine of toothbrush and toothpaste, all of those are encased in plastic. So it was – and speaking I I broke it even before I woke up because I have a cavity that is filled with plastic. And I breathe. We breathe microplastics, these tiny little uh, particles of plastic. So it is truly impossible. Yeah, you were pretty much set up to fail. Yeah, well, talk more about some of the violations that you you came across throughout the day and and what qualified as a a violation. Well, I I was doing two, the, the goal was two things. One, to show how ubiquitous plplastic is. And two, what, uh, what can we do about it? Um, and uh, so for the ubiquity, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I, uh, I, I couldn't open a book uh, because books are bound with plastic glue. I couldn't use my iPhone or my internet. Um, I took the subway in New York where I live, but uh, the subway is, has plastic seats. So I had a I brought along my own wooden seat, a little chair that I had bought online, which was probably covered in plastic. I tried to figure it out. So it was really uh, astounding how ubiquitous it was. But then the other question is, what can we do about it? Because not all plastic is bad. Solar panels are made of plastic and wind turbines are made of plastic. And sometimes it's cheaper to make, I mean, it's, it's more better for the environment to make a plain part out of uh, plastic because it's lighter and uses less fuel. Oh. So it's it's more um, the sing- the enemy is single use culture, not plastics, and and they're very intertwined. But right. I just realized how much I threw away plastic bags, plastic cups, uh, the the great villain, the straws, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and. That's what I'm trying to change my behavior slowly but surely to actually bring a steel water bottle with me everywhere instead of buying an Evian bottle. Yeah, I think so many of us listening to that, AJ, are, are guilty. Um, and what strikes me is is the fact that you did prepare ahead of this challenge day, right? You, you mentioned that 
wooden seat that you brought onto the train. Um, I hear you even changed your toothbrush. Is that right? Oh, yeah. It took me weeks to prepare because I had to research and order all these things. And I probably, (laughs) all the deliveries were probably bad for the environment. So I will never do it again. How much money did you uh, spend? I had a bamboo toothbrush made with boar's hair bristles uh, from wild boars. And they promised me they were sanitized boars. And and for vegans out there that they were already being eaten for meat, so this would have gone to waste if they hadn't been in my toothbrush. So, yeah, I, I did that. And, and you don't use regular toothpaste. You use what are called toothpaste pellets, which are better. Uh, they, they come in a little glass jar, and they're like little pills, and you pop them in, chew them up, and brush with those. Yeah, wow. Well, how much money did you spend on all this preparation? Yeah, it was it was hundreds of dollars. I mean, thankfully, I was uh, I was able to use my writing fee to counterbalance it. But that is one of the that is one of the problems with the plastic free life is that it can be it can veer into privilege. You either need money. Uh, sometimes you don't. You know, it is cheaper to carry around a steel container than to buy bottles of water every day. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, the toothbrush, I think, was $10. Uh, and so the, the privilege is a problem, uh, which is why it can't all rely on the consumers. Uh, and that was, I, I wish I'd gotten more into that in the article, but uh, we can do some, but it's got, the change has to come from government policy corporate policy, and also uh, market-based solutions like uh, bioplastics and other uh, plastic um, substitutes that are better for the environment. We'll talk more about that. What what would that policy look like, you think? Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, that's a good question. And uh, I, I, I would say one would just banning single-use plastics is a good idea. Um, giving subsidies to companies that uh, that cut plastic out of their supply chain, all those things. I mean, I'm not a policy expert. Uh, you probably have better ideas than I do <laughs> on that. Uh, so, uh, but I do think that it it, it has to come from uh, higher up yeah. than just consumers. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we are talking with A.J. Jacobs about his attempt to live for one day, just a single day, without plastic. And it wasn't easy. A.J.'s a journalist and author of a number of books. His most recent is called The Puzzler, One Man's Quest to Solve the Most Baffling Puzzles Ever, From Crosswords to Jigsaws to the Meaning of Life. So let's talk more about some of these these uh, alterations, if you will, that you had to make throughout your day Um you were talking about clothes that were made out of acrylic fibers, AJ, and your wife so graciously letting you borrow a hand-knit wool sweater. <laughs> Tell us That's about right. that. I mean, one way to avoid plastic is to make things yourself. Like I made my own deodorant out of tea tree oil and uh, baking soda. Again, there's an element of privilege to that. You have to have the free time, which people don't necessarily have. Um, but yes, our friend Kristen knitted a beautiful sweater out of wool, and uh, I was able to convince my wife to lend it to me, despite the fact that I stretched it out. But it was shocking to research clothes because uh, even my 100% cotton uh, chinos that I bought five years ago at Banana Republic, I, I asked 
asked them, Banana Republic, you know, what does that mean, 100% cotton? And they said, well, it, the fabric is 100% cotton, but there is plastic lurking everywhere in those uh, pair of pants. It's in the label. It's in mm-hmm. the uh, little lining along the zipper. It's in the lining of the pockets. It's in the threads. So you, uh, even when something says it's no plastic, a lot of times there is plastic in there. Yeah, you dropped a statistic in the piece uh, about a United Nations report on plastic waste. Can you talk more about what you found? I can, if I remember. I believe it was it was just shocking. I mean, it is. I believe it's 400 million metric tons of plastic waste are disposed of every year. Yeah. Which is shocking enough, but 200 million metric tons of that are uh, single use. We're designed for single use, and that's where I think we can make. Such so they're huge they're progress. tossed out after single use. Wow. Yeah, single use just means, as you say, uh, you use it once, and then it's designed to be tossed out. Which is, you know, the convenience, of course, is huge, but uh, but the long term dangers are also enormous. So we've got to we've got to stop that kind of culture. It's... And I'm a, listen. I don't want to preach because I feel that I am one. Of, I I'm not. I am a plastic addict, and I've been very bad. So I am trying to reform with everyone else, but I don't want to come off as as holier, less plasticer than thou, because uh, I'm trying as as much as anyone. So did you make it the full 24 hours? I'm curious. Well, it depends how you define it. I survived. You but survived. I had, <laughs> uh, by my count, 164 violations. My goodness. And there was probably more than that. I mean, just uh, it, it happened when I woke up. Uh, As we mentioned, I was on a, my mattress is filled with plastic. My pillows are filled with plastic. So I ended up trying to go to sleep on the floor on a 100% cotton sheet. And it was so uncomfortable, I gave up after a couple hours. So I went back to my, uh, my evil plastic mattress. You, you actually write, AJ, that the experience of completely cutting out plastic was overwhelming. I think that's a good word. Can you talk about why? Yeah, and I don't recommend that's not a way to do it. That was more just a way to show how prevalent it is. But cutting out single-use plastics is doable to a certain extent, and that's what we don't need everyone to be zero plastic. We need billions of people to reduce their single-use plastic. So what advice then would you give to someone who is listening to you, they're inspired, even though you had over 160 violations, they're like, I want to try this. This, this, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> so what would you tell them? What are some changes that you suggest they make toward trying some sort of lifestyle with at least less plastic? Maybe not zero plastic, right. but less. If you don't want to do, go all the way, which I don't recommend, the scientists I talk to, the behavioral scientists say it, it really is about step by step. Establish one habit. Uh, For instance, maybe it's bringing the steel uh, water container with you everywhere. And once you have that established, establish another habit. Maybe it's bringing produce bags because I I always brought a bag to the grocery, but but then I would use 10 other little plastic bags for my produce. So that was kind of counterproductive. So now I'm going to try to bring the little produce. So do it step by step. Try to establish a habit lower the barriers, make it as easy as possible to, you know, put the put the produce bag in the other bag uh, 
before you leave, uh, you know, when you right after the uh, you go to the grocery for next time, little tricks like that. And you can you can make a, a difference. It, uh, it's a huge problem. And as I said, it's going to require a multi-pronged approach. But uh, but we are a part of that solution. A.J. Jacobs is a journalist and author of a number of books, including The Puzzler and The Year of Living Biblically. Thank you so much for joining us, A.J. Very interesting story. Thank you. I'm I'm talking on a plastic iPhone right now. (laughs) Of course uh, you are. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) 